Good morning, everybody. It's good to be with you this morning. Uh, for those of you uh, who know me, I see a lot of uh, friends from the past. Notice I didn't say old friends. I said I see friends from the, the past. For those of you who do not know me, I'm Butch Persley, the pastor of Maranatha, and this is one of the few places in the world that I'm known as Brian's dad. Now, many times people ask me questions about Brian, how Brian was growing up, different things such as that. And Brian was really a good kid uh, growing up. And all that his mother and I say when people ask us questions about Brian is this. We had to work with the material that God gave us. And so, but we're, we're proud of Brian. And, you know, as I was here this morning in your worship, I hope you as a church appreciate the gifts that God has given to you as a body. You have a very talented musical team leading you in worship. You have a great team of pastors who are ministering within this body. And for a new church, you are positioned for growth in the future, and you are in a place that honestly most churches your age would kill to have the benefits that you have as a body of believers. And I can't tell you how excited I am personally for the future of Mission View, how I see God using you now, and how I see God doing things in the future for you. This morning I've been asked to come and speak on the subject of the fool. So take your Bibles and turn with me to Proverbs chapter 29. Now, the book of Proverbs is unlike any other book in the Bible, and then it's really tough to go through Proverbs and to preach through it verse by verse because it's just a collection of sayings. And so even this morning as we go through, the best way to approach the book of Proverbs is to take subjects that run throughout the book and to take all the different comments that are made on that subject. And that's what we'll be doing this morning. Uh, but Proverbs chapter 29, verses 1 through 12, has several statements that it makes about our subject for this morning, and our subject is the fool. Follow along with me as I read. A man who remains stiff-necked after many rebukes will suddenly be destroyed without remedy. When the righteous thrive, the people rejoice. When the wicked rule, the people groan. A man who loves wisdom brings joy to his father, but a companion of prostitutes squanders his wealth. By justice, a king gives a country stability, but one who is greedy for bribes tears it down. Whoever flatters his neighbor is spreading a net for his feet. An evil man is snared by his own sin, but a righteous one can sing and be glad. The righteous care about justice for the poor, but the wicked have no such concern. Mockers stir up a city, but wise men turn away anger. If a wise man goes to court with a fool, the fool rages and scoffs and there is no peace. Bloodthirsty men hate a man of integrity, 
and seek to kill the upright. A fool gives vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. A ruler listens to lies. All his officials become wicked. Let's pray together. Father, I ask that you would be with us this morning as we open your word. May it speak to each of our hearts. For this we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And I realize I just read the wrong passage this morning, so we're off to a good start. You should be at Proverbs chapter 26. <laughs> it was the end of the first service. I preached the message, and out of the corner of my eye, I saw him coming. This wasn't the first time he had approached me between services, nor would it be the last time that he would approach me before, after a service, and in between the next one. That's always a great time to approach a pastor. If he has two services, is right in between the two services to let him know what you think. I could tell it was going to be one of those times. I could see him as he was coming. His face was red and he was angry. I could almost see the veins on his neck popping out as he was approaching me. I'm at the front of the church, and I'm wondering, where can I go? But there's people there that want to talk to me. I can't escape him. He's coming. And I could only wonder, what's it going to be about this morning? As he approaches me, I can see very clearly and so can everybody else see him as he approaches. It's written right across his forehead. It says, fool. Fool. I can see it. Now, that's not the real picture of him, by the way. <laughs> I would never do that. Some of you know him. Uh, <laughs> I can see it clearly. Everybody else can see it clearly. Everybody can see it except one person. And that is this particular person. Because when he looks in the mirror in the morning, he doesn't see what's tattooed across his forehead. Now, as we go through this message this morning, all of you are going to think of someone. Someone's going to come to your mind as we look at the various passages in the Word of God that talk about fool, because it seems we all have one of these individuals that is in our lives. Sometimes we have more than one of these individuals. Uh, one of the blessings of pastoring a larger church is I have the privilege of dealing with a number of these individuals that have this tattooed across their forehead. Everybody knows it except them. And so you're going to think, a face is going to come to your mind as we talk about the fool this morning. Now, we need to start off by saying there are those who are afraid to call other people fools. The reason is because of Matthew 5.22. 
In Matthew 5.22, Jesus said, But I tell you that anyone who is angry with his brother will be subject to judgment. Again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. The word Raka, by the way, means airhead. Uh, but anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. So people have come to the, the conclusion, well, I better not refer to someone or call someone a fool because if I do, I'm going to be in danger of hellfire. Well, that verse has kind of been taken out of context. The context there really is that you are angry with someone and so angry that in your anger you make that outburst toward them. As we talk about the fool, we need to define who the fool is. Sometimes we think naturally that the fool is the person who is mentally deficient, but that is not the fool at all, not biblically. Because the person who is biblically a fool may be as far as education, maybe as far as intelligence is concerned, may be way up there. They can be very, very smart. It's not about how much you know or what your intellectual capacity is. The fool defined by the Scriptures refers to the way that a person acts. It's their actions that define a fool. And the ultimate action of the fool, we're told in Psalm chapter 14, verse 1, is to come to the conclusion that God doesn't exist. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. So friends, I want you to know this morning that if you're here, you don't know Jesus as your Savior, and you're here and you claim to be an atheist or an agnostic, you basically, the Scripture would refer to you as being a fool. And to those who are lost, we need to understand that the message that we preach, Paul tells us, is foolishness unto them. They hear it. They don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to them. So they determine it is foolishness. But we know, those of us who know the truth, have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that it is the wisdom of God. So we come to the fool, not someone who's intellectually challenged, but someone who cannot control himself or someone that behaves in a continuous pattern as of ways in which we're going to see here in just a moment. Now, let's be honest as we talk to begin with. We all do foolish things, right? Every one of us have done some foolish things. We've probably done some foolish things even this past week. That doesn't make us a fool, or a person doing a foolish thing doesn't make them a fool. Biblically, a fool is a person that has a pattern of behaviors that we're going to see in a moment that he does again and again and again. So that it is, it generally characterizes his life. 
So let's see a fool described for us from the Scriptures. Turn back Proverbs chapter 12 or in your phones or whatever device you're using. We're now going to make a quick journey through various passages in the book of Proverbs as we think about the fool and see him described for us. Proverbs 12, 15. The way of a fool seems right to him, but a wise man listens to advice. The first mark of a fool is he's always right. You cannot tell him anything. He knows it all. In his eyes, he is always right. The second characteristic, down in verse 23 of chapter 12, a prudent man keeps his knowledge to himself, but the heart of fools blurts out folly. The second thing about a fool is this. He has no control over his mouth. Whatever he thinks, he says. And when he thinks it, he says it. He has no governor on his mouth whatsoever. Just whatever comes to mind, he blurts it out no matter how stupid it is. Because in his mind, he's always what? He's always right. So whatever he has to say is obviously of importance to everyone else because he has to inform the whole world that he's right and the rest of the world is wrong. A hundred people can be in the room, 99 can see it one way, but he sees it another way, and no one is going to convince him that he is wrong because he cannot accept advice from anyone. So he just blurts out exactly what he thinks. Now, maybe you're here this morning, and I hope that I'm not speaking to any fools this morning. But it's possible that there could be some fools that are here within our midst. I know that everyone here has to deal with fools in their lives, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, about how to deal with the fool. But if you're here and you are a fool, let me give you a little biblical advice. Keep your mouth shut. I'm not going to turn there right now, but Proverbs 17:20 says. Proverbs 17, verse 28 says, even a fool is thought wise if he keeps silent. Someone has kind of paraphrased it this way. Better to be thought a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt. See, even the fool can fool people if he just stays silent. But unfortunately... The fool can't do that. I just can't help it. it just, the thought comes to my mouth and it comes out of my mouth. I can't get it. If it's in my mind, it comes out. The fool blurts out. Chapter 17, Proverbs. 
verse 10. A rebuke impresses a man of discernment. More than a hundred lashes, a fool. The fool cannot be corrected. A fool cannot be corrected. You're wasting your time. See, a person who is not a fool, if you rebu rebuke him, he recognizes that the wounds of a friend are better than the kisses of an enemy. But the fool, he can't be corrected. And the reason he can't be corrected is because he's always, how do you correct someone who's always right? Flip the page or turn in your uh, phones, chapter 18, verse 2. A fool finds no pleasure in understanding, but delights in airing his own opinions. The fool loves to share how he sees things. The fool in the church, he'll approach the pastor and say, you know what, pastor, let me talk to you about your message. It was okay, but you missed this emphasis. Or in his anger, he says to you, I'm sick and tired of hearing you preach on this subject and not mentioning this. I preached a message on the gospel and felt I had given it a fair treatment, but the fool approached me and said, you didn't spend enough time talking about the resurrection. The resurrection is a part of the gospel. Well, duh, I think I get that as a pastor. I think I understand that the resurrection of Christ is a part of the gospel that we preach. But we just happened to be focusing that morning on the death of Christ. And I had mentioned the resurrection, but for him, a gospel presentation was not correct unless it had equal time given to the cross and to the resurrection. And he shared his opinions with me freely. The fool loves sharing his opinion. Verse, jump down verse 13, chapter 18. He who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. Reiterating for us once again that he knows everything. Over to chapter 20, verse 3. It is to a man's honor to avoid strife, but every fool is quick to quarrel. What's he want? He wants a fight. He's quick to pick a fight with everyone. 
He's the person who's in your life who no matter what is said, whenever you're with him, it seems like it always ends up in a battle. You can't have peace. Over to chapter 26. And this was the passage I was supposed to read this morning. Well, let's look at verses 4 and 5. Chapter 26. Do not answer a fool according to his folly, or you will be like him yourself. Answer a fool according to his folly, or he will be wise in his own eyes. Now, wait a second. Those two verses seem to contradict one another. One of them says, don't answer the fool. The other verse says, answer a fool. Well, what are we supposed to do? Don't answer him, or are we supposed to answer him? The point is this. A fool cannot be reasoned with. You cannot win when you engage with the fool. You will always lose. Why? Well, first of all, because if you don't answer the, the fool, he will think you agree with him. And he will think, boy, I'm a wise guy. He sees this. I've been able to show him something. If you let him go, he is going to feel if you, if you don't answer him, he thinks he's wise. If you do answer a fool, you become just like him because you have to argue on his realm, in his world. So what the book of Proverbs is telling us, remember what a proverb is, they're not absolutes, they're probabilities. And so the probability is you're not going to win with the fool. No matter what you do, you cannot win. If you answer him, you lose. If you don't answer him, you lose. So you just need to know when you engage with the fools in your life that you are not going to win. Look down at verse 11. As a dog returns to its vomit... So a fool repeats his folly. Now, that's a pretty vivid picture, isn't it? What's it telling us about the fool? He does the same thing over and over again. Some of you are hoping that the fool in your life is going to change and that something is going to sink in and suddenly his behavior will change. Listen to me this morning. Aside from a work of God doing the supernatural, nothing is going to change with the individual. It's going to be the same thing again and again and again. And just as the dog goes back and eats its own vomit, so the fool repeats his behavior again and again. Verse 12. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. See, the problem is, not only is the fool always right, but he considers himself to be wise. 
He considers that he knows it all and that he's got much he can share with you. Over to chapter 29, verse 11. A fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. The fool is angry, and he vents his frustration. With the fool, it takes very little to set him off. He's always on the edge because deep down he has unresolved problems, unresolved issues. Now, some of you may be sitting here and thinking, but, but Butch, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've dealt with in my life. You don't know how I was treated by my parents. You don't know what they did to me. Friends, hear me this morning, and I'm talking to those of you who are adults here in the room. It's time to quit blaming mommy and daddy for all your problems. Yeah, you may not have grown up in a perfect home. Uh, newsflash, none of us did. Newsflash, there are people who've had it much worse than you have had it and they've been able to overcome. So whatever it is that's making you angry, and if you're one of those individuals that you, uh, you just fly off the handle like that, one word, one comment, one statement, you know what that tells me about you? You have unresolved anger within your life. You remember the last time I was down here in preaching? The Scriptures speak about how we're to deal with anger. And what are we to do with it? Get rid of it. Get rid of it. One of the worst things I think that's happening in our world today are anger management classes. Trying to teach people how to manage your anger. You can't manage anger. You have to get rid of anger. So whatever it takes, get to the root of what's causing you to be so angry. Get rid of that foothold that Satan has established in your life. And yes, Satan can have a foothold even in the life of believers. Because if you don't, it may be that it is contributing to you being a fool or at the very least acting in a foolish manner. Because the fool gets angry and he vents his frustrations. Well, that's the description. That's how a fool, that's how we recognize him. He's always right. He has no control over his mouth. He cannot be corrected. He loves sharing his opinions. He knows everything. He's quick to quarrel. He cannot be reasoned with. He does the same thing over and over again. He considers himself to be wise, and he's angry and vents his frustration. Do you know anyone like that? Just kind of nod your head. <laughs> you know anyone like that? 
we all seem to have at least one of these individuals that God has allowed to be in our lives. So let's talk about how do we deal with the fool. See, if we have a fool in our lives, your relationship with the fool goes something like this. You have chaotic ups and downs. You have periods of extreme emotional and relational tension. You feel like you always have to walk on eggshells. You're confused because you never seem to be able to please this individual. You're desperate. Can someone please just help me with this person? You're in despair. You have fear or guilt. You end up being blamed for everything that is wrong because it's never the fool's fault. It's always your fault. Uh, some of you get to the place that you start blaming yourself for the difficult person's response. Well, if only I wouldn't have done this, if only I wouldn't have said this, then everything would have been okay. So you take on ownership of their behavior. Sometimes you start thinking, am I just crazy? Maybe it's me. You always feel off balance. If you're married to a fool, you feel like you're being held a hostage in your own home. You feel like you're being manipulated, and you feel like you're being controlled. So how do we deal with the fools that are in our lives? Let's talk about, first of all, the wrong way to deal with the fool. You pamper him. You walk on those eggshells and you hope you do nothing to upset them. Or maybe you pout. Or you become passive. Uh, you protect the fool by making excuses to everyone else for the fool's behavior. Now, this particularly happens when we are in a close relationship with a fool. When someone is married to a fool, or someone has a parent as a fool, or a child as a fool, you begin to make excuses for them. Well, you just need to understand he's a little different or you need to understand what's happened to him in the past. He's just sensitive. Some of you try to deal with the fool by pleading with them. And some of you try to deal with the fool by pleasing them. When I say pleasing them, I mean you, you just all the time, I don't want to upset. I don't want to upset. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to do anything. Because at any moment, that rage and that anger is going to come out, and they are going to explode on you. Well, what's the right way to deal with the fool? Proverbs 27, verse 22. Look at two ways, the right way of dealing with fools. Notice what it says about the fool. Proverbs 27, 22. Though you grind a fool in a mortar, 
grinding him like grain with a pestle, you will not remove his folly from him. First of all, the right way to deal with a fool is to realize you are not going to change him. You are not going to change him. Get the word picture that's here. It's taking something and crushing it down to a fine powder to where then you think you can separate the foolishness from them. And yet Solomon is telling us, though you grind him into this fine mortar and you, 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 you grind it out to where it's dust, you cannot take the foolishness out of the individual. So then what do we do? Well, first of all, recognize that you're not going to change them. All of these ways that you've been responding in the wrong way have been for the purpose of trying to change the individual. You cannot change them. The second way that we deal with a fool, Proverbs 23, verse 9. Do not speak to a fool, for he will scorn the wisdom of your words. The second way that we deal with the fool is we avoid them. We wash our hands of them. We say, we've tried. We've done what we could. Nothing has worked. So you have to come to the point that you say, I'm through. I'm not doing this anymore. Now, some of you here are thinking, and rightfully so, and I want to address this for a moment. Well, what happens if it's a person that I can't just totally avoid? What happens if it's a person that's my spouse? What if the fool is my child who's still living in my home? What if it's my parents? What if it's my in-laws? How do I deal? What am I supposed to do? Well, the ultimate step is you don't reason and argue with them. We've talked about that. But we realize, one, you are not going to change them, so quit trying. There's only one person that can change a heart. Who is that? That's Christ. Christ can change them, but you and I cannot change them. They need a relationship with Jesus, and they need a relationship where Jesus gets a hold of their heart. Now, many times these individuals are going to say, I already have a relationship with Jesus. And my response to them is, then why don't you start following him? And why don't you start doing what the Word of God tells you to do? See, they're big on knowledge and they're small on application. I recently threw someone out of my office. It's the first time in all my years of counseling that I literally told someone, you can get out of here and you can get out of here right now. 
because he was a fool. It's one of two things. He's a fool or he's mentally ill. Because no one says and does the things that this man does. Sometimes that's what we have to do. If you're dealing with a fool that's a family member, you just have to say, we're not going to talk about this anymore. You're not going to win in the conversation. If it's a spouse, you can just say, we're not talking about this anymore. And then what do we do? We pray for them. And we pray that God will change their hearts and change their lives. The other thing that you must do with a fool in your life is you must put up good, strong, biblical boundaries to where you say, this is how far we go and no further. You go down this road and then it's the end. Because you, can you reason with them? No. What's the Word of God say? Can you reason with them? No. Are they going to change? No. You can't, you can't change them. So you put the boundaries into place. Now, if you're not married to them, you can avoid them. And you do everything within your power. With the individual that I opened the sermon with this morning, talking about that particular individual, I came to a place to where I said to the individual, that's it. I can't do anything else to help you. I have tried everything that I know to do. I'm sorry, but you need to go to someone else. And then I pray for the individual that he went to. <laughs> but soon, if he's a wise individual, the same thing will occur there. See, that's one of the benefits of being pastors. We're not paid counselors. So I can look at the fool and say, you know what? Your problems are too much for me to be able to deal with. I recommend that you go to the counselor. Here, let me give you names of the guys that I recommend. And I never recommend friends when I do that. <laughs> See, I think what the Word of God is trying to get across to us on this subject of fools is we can waste a lot of time dealing with fools, a lot of effort, a lot of energy, and we end up beat down, frustrated, and our relationship with the Lord suffers because we've not put the boundaries in our lives that we need to put there. So I encourage you this morning, pray for those fools that are in your life. If you can, totally and completely avoid them. But certainly recognize you are not going to change them. Only God can do that. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. We thank you for its clarity. And we thank you how practical your word is for us, Lord. And Father, I pray for those right now who are here.
Lord, I pray for the person who is here who may have a family member who fits the definition biblically of a fool. Lord, I pray that you would get a hold of that family member's heart and that you would change them. Father, I pray this morning for those who are dealing with fools in their lives that you would give them wisdom and help them to apply your word. Help them to quit blaming themselves and to recognize that they've done all that they can do and now they need to leave it to you. Father, most of all, I would pray for anyone here this morning who, as we read from your word, it's the fool that says in his heart that there is no God, that you would open his eyes and help them to see that you exist and that you sent your son Jesus into this world so that they might be saved. Father, help us to fix our eyes upon you, the source of all wisdom, the source of all knowledge. Help us to love you more and to serve you even greater. For this we pray in our Savior's name. Amen.